This, this, this is the Australian Mobile DJ Podcast. In this series, we'll talk to them, get to know them and learn from them. And here's your host, DJ Bebo. I think this guy is living the dream when it comes to being a DJ. He is a DJ. He bought his own nightclub and it's in Mirabara, the cry. You might have been there. Let's welcome DJ Trendon to the podcast. G'day, Trendon. How are you, mate? Hey, Bebo. I'm doing really great, thank you. You just told me you're uh, you're living the dream, mate. You just got out of bed. It's uh, 33 degrees in Maribara, and you're sitting under the fan, ready for the interview. Yes, lovely Queensland afternoon. Wouldn't expect anything like So things are starting to relax a little bit more in Queensland. Are we seeing a return to the dance floor just yet inside clubs, or is it still pending? Not inside, but we have been lucky enough to get outside dance floors happening as of last week, so that's very exciting. So are you spinning some tunes, or are you letting the uh, the musos take care of that? Oh, well, last weekend I spun some tunes. First time that I actually played to a proper dance floor since March. Um, so that was very exciting. I actually did two last weekend. I did a, a high school formal on the Friday night, and then the nightclub on Saturday, and it was it was awesome. Let's uh, talk about how you got into being a DJ. Did you also have a community radio show or did you play music or you were just you, you worked out you couldn't play music and you decided to become a DJ? What What's the story about uh, your beginnings? I was just a massive music nerd ever since I was a kid. I just listened to all kinds of things, even from like when I was like three or four years old. I remember turning on Rage and, and video hits and... Uh, there would be George George Michael Wham or Michael Jackson on TV, um, and just growing up watching those TV shows, uh, sort of DJing at like my cousin's um, birthday parties and family events and stuff like that. Back when Hit Machine and Hundred Percent Hit CDs were coming out every other week, um, and just just loving different types of music and how it affected people and got people in a good mood and stuff. And then as I grew older, I got into the club scene a bit and I was buying wild CDs and Skitsmix CDs and stuff like that. And um, made, because I was going out to the clubs every week, um, made friends with some DJs who took me under their wing and here I am. Whereabouts were you uh, growing up? What area and and what sort of clubs and DJs were you meeting? Well, still where I am now, so in Maribor and um, around the Fraser Coast. Uh, so I met uh, the DJ that I actually own the nightclub with now, Steve. He was uh, one of the biggest DJs in the area uh, back then before he retired and then I, I pulled him back into the game when we bought the nightclub. Um, there was him, there was a couple of DJs at Harvey Bay as well when I worked, um, I worked at a venue there called the Beach House, which is still open today, but it's now different to when I used to work there. The building's been knocked down since I worked there and has been rebuilt, so I was DJing there four nights a week as well. And also at the Criterion Hotel, which I now own. How did that come about? Because I find that fascinating that a, a DJ bought their own nightclub so they could basically, um, you know, do what they love all the time. Yeah. So, well, after buying it, I found out it's not all about DJing anymore. But um, I've 
worked at the Criterion Hotel in various roles, mainly as a DJ since about the early 2000s. Um, learned a lot about the various managers and owners that went through there while I was working for them. Um, I basically paid attention to what they did well and what they didn't do too well um, and got a lot of experience doing other things like stock control and other things that DJs don't normally do. Um, and then it came up, the business side of things came up for sale about oh, six years ago now. And the owner at the time thought, Trenton's been here a long time, we'll offer it to him. So um, it was offered to me about what I thought was a reasonable price. And um, I gave up, I gave my friend Steve a call, who was the guy that taught me how to DJ, um, because I didn't want to get into it by myself, because I thought it was a bit too much. But I called him up and I said, hey, uh, how would you like to own a nightclub with me? And he was interested, and it turned out to be the cry, which he was attached to as well. And, uh, yeah, we've been in there for about six years now. The Criterion Hotel is one of the oldest hotels in Mirabar. It's a town full of pubs, but um, one of the, the, the remaining ones that still trade as a hotel. It's got some interesting beginnings, and I believe there's some guests that hang around after hours as well in the, the hallways upstairs. Um, in, in other words... <laughs> There is some ghosts, some haunted yeah. tales to tell. What do you know about um, these ghosts, and have you experienced them in your late night um, uh, time there at, at the club? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, um, I, I do uh, think that is actually haunted. People might think a bit creepy, but they ask me straight up, and I say yes, yes, it's haunted. Um, I've had. A lot of different encounters there. My first one was actually uh, when I was DJing there, um, way back in probably around the mid to late 2000s. Um, this was back when the hotel had a combination there, and there was a caretaker, janitor, cleaner that lived there um, upstairs, and uh, he passed away of old age, unfortunately. Um, but he always used to come down at the end of the night, so about 2.30, um, just before we closed, and... Uh, he'd come down to start cleaning the, the nightclub and he'd always come up to me and say, I always know when it's time for me to wake up and start coming down to clean when I hear you play your bloody boom boom music, which he referred to like, back then it was like good old like skit mix techno type stuff is what he called that. Um, so anyway, after he passed away, I was doing a particular set of that kind of stuff. And um, back then that's when we were using the good old Oh, I forget what wall they are, but they were the Denon CD players that had like the the long controller part and then like the, the CD player was like a dual separate player connected to the controllers with like a lead. And anyway, we had them sitting up on a on a shelf and I was playing boom boom music as he referred to it and these CD players had been sitting there in the same spot for about four years, hadn't moved. Um, but I was playing boom boom music in a space of about 30 seconds. The whole um, CD player section uh, moved like the whole length. So about a foot forward and dropped down onto the mixer. Wow. Um, for no apparent reason. It hadn't moved at all like previously. Uh, nothing had changed at all. So I just put that down to the fact that... Um, that my friend Ian was there telling me to, to stop playing 
uh, the boom boom music that he didn't like so much. So I said, "All right, in no problem, I'll change it <laughs> over." So uh, what was I he into? Do you remember? Sorry, what music was he into? If he didn't like boom boom, oh, uh, he liked. He was heavily into Shania Twain. He <laughs> loved Shania Twain. Man, I feel so, like a woman on repeat. Oh, uh, definitely, yeah. So I don't think I, I quite pushed it up to Shania, but I did change it from the boom boom music. Wow, do you remember what you flicked over to? Uh, probably something like R&B or something else that was yeah. big at the time. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Not only, um, yeah, like as mentioned, it's haunted and you've had that experience, but you did actually have a psychic come through and um, tell you some of the, the things she was picking up. Yeah, that was crazy. That was uh, that was actually your doing, Bevo, uh, back when you worked up here at the... At, what was it then? CFM, Hit FM. Um, yeah, dropped in with the psychic, and uh, that was amazing. Uh, Michelle, when she came and uh, went through a tour through the building. Um, so yeah, what happened was you sprung this on on Michelle, and she came through with no prior knowledge and completely blew me away with the things that she told me about the building. Things that I've only known because of other people that have done heavy research through from the uh, into the building, like previous paranormal investigators and stuff like that, stuff that's not really common knowledge. But um, Michelle came through and pointed out certain rooms that incidents had happened in, like the room that Ian passed away in, um, the room across the hall from there where there'd been a few um, suicides um, over previous years going back into like the, the early early 1900s and um, stuff like that that yeah really gave me the shivers when she did that but that was amazing yeah and these days uh, due to COVID you've actually expanded uh, the, the nightclub into a cafe while uh, things were quiet for you how, how has that been working for you? The cafe has been going great so We've actually, the old public bar area, which is at the front of the building, uh, where we usually have live music on a stage in there on a Saturday night, we've actually changed that into a cafe. And um, like a lot of businesses, we've had to figure out ways to diversify and gain extra income streams because of COVID. And um, we basically had this room sitting there, which was closed for six days a week that we weren't using. Um, So we thought, hey, let's... um, give a cafe a go because we're in quite a beautiful um, part of Marlborough overlooking the river. We're in what you would call probably the tourist district of, of town. Um, we've got a lot of heritage buildings around us. We've got the Mary Poppins uh, building and stuff like that. We've got the Bond Street store. So there are a lot of out-of-towners that float around um, our end of town during the day and we thought we'd try and capitalise on that and sell them some coffee and some cake, and it's been going really well. You came up with the name Cozy Cafe. Where did that originate from? Well, it's actually pronounced Cozy Cafe. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea was I'm, I'm, a 90, I'm, a, I'm an 80s kid, so I grew up watching TV in the 90s. I loved watching Friends. Um, so basically I wanted to go for that Central Perk vibe. So get in there with your friends, get all cozy and uh, chill out spend some time together, have a chat over some coffee and some cake and, um, yeah, just basically come be social and, and uh, make it a place to hang out with all your friends, basically. 
So good to see that uh, you're using your brain and you're, uh, you know, going outside your comfort zone when it comes to um, running a business and you've turned the nightclub into a cafe during lockdown. What things have you learnt being a, a cafe owner? You, did you know how to make a coffee prior? No, and I still don't know how to make a coffee. <laughs> I, I leave, I'll leave that one up to my... Uh, my baristas and my cafe staff who can do it so much better than what I ever could. So that's that, that's their area of expertise. One day I'll give it a go, but I'm not a coffee drinker, so I wouldn't know if it's good or bad. I probably burn it. I know you can you can ruin the the coffee, you can ruin the milk and stuff like that. It just seems far too stressful to me. So I'll leave that to the experts. Do you serve up breakfast there as well? Uh yeah, we do. We don't have a full breakfast menu, but we serve. On the weekends, we do pancakes and we do muffins, similar to the fast food places, but ours are so much better. We use fresh ingredients and stuff like that. So we have sausages and egg muffins, bacon and egg muffins. We have uh, quiches and then for lunches and stuff, we do um, a whole variety of pastries. And if you're ever in town, our nachos are the best nachos that you've ever had. That's it. I'm going to jump in the car and head up for the weekend. Sounds good to you me. You need to try them. <laughs> yeah. I will join you and have some with you. Yeah, it's a long, long time since I've seen you. It's been over a year, so um, yeah, might might have to all come right. up. Time flies when we're all locked down, doesn't it? Absolutely, Trendon. Thank you so much for joining us on the Australian Mobile DJ Podcast. Thank you so much, Bella. It's been awesome having a chat to you and catching up. The Australian Mobile DJ Podcast was hosted by DJ Bevo and produced by Matt Fulton Productions.